We had, uh, I think, maybe about four sermons on uh, Is God Good? And I'm not really going to title this one this way, but it's kind of continuing on in that vein a little bit. Uh, Not exactly the same, but some things that we would, uh, that crossed our minds, that we would think about. It has, I'm sure it's crossed all of our minds. Uh, And and maybe we'll again, or maybe... uh, other people that the Lord will put you in communication with, that he may use you to, uh, to answer some questions for them. So I'd like to start out in, in the book of Job. We kind of uh, read this, and I'd like to start out with this this morning. Job chapter 38, just a couple of verses here. Uh, just to get us, again, so I want to, as we have been talking, is God good? And... We, we looked at, are we capable of making that, uh, putting that name? Or it depended a lot on what perspective you looked at God. So this morning, uh, I guess it'll be along that same vein, just hopefully to provoke some, some thinking and uh, maybe get rid of some ideas of, uh, of other thinkings that we have had, thoughts that we've had. So Job 38, and uh, just start in verse 1. So this is when, of course, Job, we know so much of what happened to him, and his friends talked to him, and the things that Job had to say. And now, of course, Job even said things like, uh, I wish there's a book written about my life. And I would take it, and if I could get an audience with God, I would show him that these things shouldn't be happening to me. I'm a good person. should be happening to these wicked people, but it shouldn't be happening to me. And if I had the opportunity, I would, I would show him. Well, what he's going to say here is, Job, I'm going to give you that chance to show me. But I want to ask you some questions first. So you ask him all these questions. And this is kind of some beginning of that. So Job 38 and 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Now, God's uh, counsel or what God says or God's decisions or God's mind, what he's saying is, Job, you're questioning. You're darkening my counsel. You're saying it's wrong. And again, example, Job said, when in his misery, oh, it'd been better if I died in the womb. Curse the day that I was even born. So in that, he's darkening God's counsel. If it had been better that he had died in the womb, he would have died in the womb. So, uh, so things like this is how Job was darkening God's counsel. And it may seem kind of an innocent thing that he said. Uh, anytime that someone uh, says something... Uh, against God's counsel, they're questioning or darkening God's counsel. So we see uh, what he says there. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? And that's kind of the problem. We as human beings think, well, we're the, we're the top, we're the, what, we're the cat's meows. That, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, we're the cat's meow. We're the, we're the top of the top because we're smarter than a, a uh, I don't know, a bird or a snail or an ant, 
and I'm not sure we're smarter than any of them. They can survive pretty good, and, and uh, you take away our TV and the Internet, and, and uh, we're, <laughs> we're a mess. But anyway, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Job, I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to give you the chance. You, you can ask whatever you want of me. But I've got some things to ask you first. Verse 4, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure of it? If thou knowest, or who has stretched a line upon it? Whereupon are its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? I know some of you men have done, uh, know a little bit about construction, stuff like that, when you start out with the foundation and lay a line on and get things squared up and everything. But he's asking Job, okay, Job, think about this earth. Of course, you could talk about the universe as well. Uh, Job, who... Who, who did this? Have you ever thought about who did this, Job? And Job, I did this. And you're saying that I'm wrong, that it'd been better if you'd died in a womb? You're saying that I'm wrong? You're questioning me, Job? And we've all been there. And by God's grace, we won't. But in, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's where Job uh, uh, was at, the, at, at this particular time. So I'd like for us to think about that. Uh, who, who is this that darkens my counsel with words but don't have any knowledge? Now we have counsel in school. You would have teachers and professors. They're, they're counselors. Uh, our president, they'll pick people as specialists in certain fields and they counsel them uh, at work. There was a new uh, program came up not too long ago called the 811 program, which I hate, and I call it 911 program. Sometimes intensely, sometimes uh, uh, by accident, I guess. But this is completely new. Didn't understand it, so went out and hired a company as a consultant to counsel us in this. So we we do have counseling. Uh, so, Jan, I think you, was, you went to a class down in Tennessee and uh, going to uh, learn some new things. That, that's counseling. We all have counseling and everything, and, and we learn and we grow by this. Isaiah chapter 40, and again, teachers and counselors and, and things like this are, we, we see on earthly plain that we, uh, we grow and we learn by this. Isaiah chapter 40. So I just want to give us some things to think about this morning. Uh, Isaiah 40 and verse, starting in verse 13. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord? Being his counselor, hath taught him. I've made the statement before, it may seem odd. God's not getting any smarter. <laughs> He's not getting any more wisdom. He started out all wisdom, all knowledge. 
we, on the other hand, we pray that we do grow in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and uh, maybe get a little smarter or something. But God's not getting any smarter. He's not growing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I've heard people make a statement, well, you need to show God, or even the scripture says, uh, study to show thyself approved unto God. People look at that like, well, you study, and you're showing God how good you are. No, no. It says study to show yourself that you're approved to God. You're not, we're not showing God anything. If, getting off course pretty quickly. If man was a free moral agent, and we all leave here today and go out, get something to eat or something like that, we would be teaching God something. Well, he didn't know what I was going to eat, so now I've enlightened God. And that's maybe not a good example, but it is an example. God's not getting any smarter. He's not growing in knowledge. You're not going to teach God anything. So, who directed his steps? Who... Uh, uh, who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? Who, who taught God to do these things? Verse 14. With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him? And taught him in the path of justice, or judgment. And taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding. We think about that. So this is, I guess, we need to understand who God is and we need to understand who we are as we, as we think of this. So this is telling us something. God's not man. Who took he counsel with? Did he go to a seminar and say, well, okay, I think I'll build the earth this way? Who taught him in the path of justice and judgment? Who taught him right and wrong? Who would he go to? I hope he wouldn't come to me. Who taught him knowledge? Definitely no, he's not come to me for that. He teaches us knowledge, doesn't he? But this is God. And showed to him the way of understanding. We pray for ourselves and one another for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But God has all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We, we, need, to, we need to understand that. Uh, I had to keep from getting too long. Let's go down to verse 21. Have you not known... Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreadeth them out uh, like a tent to dwell in. I can remember many, many years ago, I don't know exactly what Austin's topic was, but I know he used a scripture. 
habits thereof are like grasshoppers. And I remember conversations after the services, one individual, I don't like being compared to a grasshopper. <laughs> and most of the religious world doesn't. What do they like to be compared to? God. It's what Eve want to be compared to. Oh, Satan said, you'll be as God. Oh, yeah, that's good. The world today, I'm a free moral agent. I can choose, reject God. They, uh, they don't understand. Haven't you heard? Haven't you been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the, of the earth? It is he who sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and inhabits thereof like grasshoppers, who stretcheth out the heavens like a, a curtain, and spreadeth them out like a tent to dwell in. Who bringeth the princes to nothing, and maketh the judges of the earth vanity. It's all of God. If we understand, if we can understand a little more about God, it tells us a little more about us. As grasshoppers are not real flattering. Even to be called a sheep is not really flattering in that sense. Sheep is a kind of a pretty dumb animal. They can get, uh, you know, you've seen horses get on the back and scratch and everything like that, you know. Well, sheep, they can try to do that, get on their back, scratch, and they're stuck. And if somebody don't turn them over, they'll die. Sheep's a pretty dumb animal in that respect. But j just show us, okay, this is God, and this is us. Don't get them confused. If we do, then we start darkening his counsel and say, well, we're as God. Okay. So, we, what God does, God's plan, doesn't always make sense to us. Doesn't always, doesn't always make sense to me. I don't understand why certain things happen. And I have that a lot. I understand, you know, I don't understand why this happens. But does that mean it's not true? Does that mean, well, on the front of the building out here, I, I hope two things when you, when you come to services. I hope you look at that stone in front of the building. We know that all things work together for good. Then love God to them and call according to his purpose. I hope you look at that. And I hope you come with prayer on your heart. But, so that is certainly a true statement. All things work together for good. Because I don't understand how it does, does that mean it doesn't? I'll give an example that I've given before. I hope you forgot this, actually. <laughs> this part of it. Most people do not know how a refrigerator works. And I, I'm, again, I'm just going to try to give an example here. Because you don't understand how it works, doesn't mean it doesn't work. 
So you say, well, I know how it works. You, you plug it in, you turn that little dial. Well, that's not, that's not how it works. How can it be 72 degrees in your house and 38 degrees in this little box? Or zero if you look at the freezer. How, how can that be? Do you know? Well, it, it makes it cold. No. We cannot make cold. Man and all of his wisdom, we can't make cold. We can make heat. We can burn things. We can rub our hands together and have friction. And we can make heat. We cannot make cold. Or, and Randy works at Liebert. That's, that's <coughs> what they do. <coughs> Not Liebert anymore. By the way, I didn't realize in, in St. Mary's campus, we got a lot of little Liebert units in our mechanical room, stuff like that. But I saw you guys got some big rooftop units and everything in there. Uh, so Randy uh, uh, probably understands this. But we don't... We can't manufacture cold. We can make heat, but us with all of our wisdom, we can't manufacture cold. Well, what do we do? We make less heat. So the way, so again, I, I want to tell you how your refrigerator works or air conditioning or whatever. So you have this compressor and you have this, some type of a liquid. Uh, Ammonia used to be used a lot. Now it's different types of Freon. You could use gasoline. Doesn't sound very safe. <laughs> it's not. So what, what, how this works is you have this compressor. And it takes something that was a gas and it compresses it into a liquid. And when it gets in that liquid form, it gives up the heat that it had. And then it goes after it's compressed in this liquid heat, and it's real hot then. So then it goes from there, and it goes to these evaporator cores in your refrigerator or whatever, and it evaporates again. And when it evaporates, it's picking up heat. If any of you uh, men or women, you can set a, a pan of gasoline, and uh, you can kind of put your hand on it, and it's cooler than than things around it. It's evaporating. So when these, and again, they use different types of freons and refrigerants now. So when it begins to turn into a gas, it evaporates, but this is evap evaporating into a sealed system on your refrigerator. But yet it goes from a liquid, it turns into this gas. And when it gets into this gas stage, it picks up heat. Then it goes around to this system as a gas and get back to this compressor. The compressor it turns into liquid. And when it turns into liquid, it gives up all the heat that was in it. That's why it's hot. So we're not manufacturing cold in your refrigerator. We're moving heat, taking some heat from here and putting it out here. Now, I don't know how many knew that. Brandy probably does and maybe some of the rest of you. That's how your refrigerator works. You probably didn't know that. But did that change the fact that your refrigerator worked because you didn't know it? No. So we may not understand why God does certain things and may look at it, well, you know, I would do things differently. But does, it, does that mean that it's not right? And no. It doesn't mean it's not. Uh, myself as an earthly individual, 
the sovereignty of God and the free will of God doesn't make total sense to me as this earthly man looks at it. Does that mean it's not right? No, it doesn't mean it's not right. It means it doesn't make total sense to me. It probably didn't make total sense to you how your refrigerator worked. Does that mean it doesn't work? No. We don't have to understand everything, and we don't understand everything. However, me, this natural man, the free will of man seems to make more sense. Just me as this natural man. I mean, we make decisions every day, don't we? Or we think we do. But the Bible tells us that certainly man does not have free will. Well, I don't understand. In Romans uh, chapter 3, again, because we don't understand doesn't mean it's not so. I'm pretty sure most of you did not understand how a refrigerator worked, but it worked. I hope you don't go home today and somebody's refrigerator's out. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, Romans 3, okay. Uh, Romans 3 and 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Well, I don't believe that God chooses some and doesn't choose others. I don't believe. Because someone doesn't believe, does that change the truth? And the answer is no. It's, and it says, God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as is written, uh, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So, because I don't understand, I, I can pick out things in this world and this life and I don't understand why it happened that way. Does that mean... That Romans 8, 28 is not true? Does that mean it's not working together for good? No. It just means that I don't understand it. Like you probably didn't understand the refrigerator and many other things that we don't understand. So, actually, let's go to Isaiah 46 and 10. Very familiar scripture to you, but let me read that. Isaiah 46 and 10 tells us, Something about God. And we'll read 9 and 10. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Now he's going to tell us something about himself. Now we can say uh, this person uh, is an auto mechanic. But we can find other auto mechanics, can't we? Although it's kind of hard these days, it seems like. <laughs> if that computer doesn't tell them what's wrong, they don't know. But anyway, but now God, on the other hand, there's none like him. Not you, not me, not college professors. There's none like him. 
Now he's going to tell something about himself. And, and what he tells us doesn't fit any other being. You might, we might talk about an auto mechanic. He may tell something about himself. I knew individual in, in school. I went with him uh, through, uh, all through grade school and part of high school. And uh, he made very for, poor grades. They just kind of passed him to, to be passed. Talked to him in later years. He was a mechanic, went around to different garages. And they, at, when it came to the point where all these mechanics had to be certified and everything like that, they sent him to, uh, uh, I don't know, Dearborn, Michigan, anyway, to, to Michigan to get certified. And there's this class like had about 300 people in it. And this boy that in school just barely passed, really didn't even pass. But out of those 300 people, got the highest score of all of them. So we can look at mechanics, and I'm sure those other people got the highest score. So you can say, well, this mechanic did this, did this. We can find other people that did that. But not with God. So after he says, I'm God, there's none like me. So don't, don't think that you're going to find somebody that understands God completely. We grow in understanding. We pray that we do. But don't be surprised. There's none like him. So now he's going to tell something about himself in verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things are not yet done. Saying, my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now, Job, he says here, my counsel is going to stand. Don't, don't darken God's counsel. Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient time, things are not yet done. Say, my counsel shall stand, and I'll do all my pleasure. Not part of it. If we were three more ages, if God counseled a certain thing, and he wanted a certain way, and man with his free will changed that, then his counsel wouldn't be coming to pass. And that's not possible. It is with man, but not with God. So here he declares the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things have yet not yet come to pass. So the things he declared from ancient times in our life, tomorrow hasn't come to pass. But God's declared it. The week after that hasn't come to pass. God declared it. And I'd like to think of it like this. Uh... God does have a plan. Now, whenever I kind of work my construction, things like that, I always had a plan B or plan C. If this didn't work out right, I'll go to the next plan. God doesn't have that. So let's say we have, and I, if I thought about it, I brought a set of blueprints in, but to actually they call them drawings anymore, don't call them blueprints. But anyway, a set of plans. So I have a set of plans that's, probably weighs about 25 pounds for the St. Mary's campus in here in Ironton. And you can go back through those plans. Well, actually, a better example maybe, we're building Applewood, or the agency building Applewood apartments up in uh, Proctorville. We've got all these plans. And we're every couple of weeks, we have this meeting. And 
is it going along according to this plan? Or maybe we find out this plan's not working right. But let's, let's look at God's plan. If we had it on paper. Now, different art, and it's, it's kind of funny sometimes. These meetings get pretty heated sometimes. Different architects, they'll clash horns and everything. And uh, because one has this view, one has this view of what's right and so forth. But you as an individual, myself as an individual, we've got all these plans of God that he drew up in eternity past. From ancient time, things that hadn't yet come to pass. But... So here, we're, we're traveling back in time, back here in, in uh, eternity past. God sets you down, sets me down. Said, okay, here's my plans. Includes everything. Everything is in the future. It's all, it's all in there. So you get to review God's plans. Would you do anything different? Well, we understand spiritually, no, no, we know God's done everything right. Well, do we? And yes, he has. But as I would look at it from my grasshopper point of view, yeah, I, I'll speak as a fool for a moment. God, okay, I'm, I'm looking at your plans here, and, and I see you're going to make this earth. You're going to put man on it that you're going to make, and animals and things. But as I review this... You're making it round? God, you uh, let me, I'll counsel you. you. You should make it flat. Because if you make it round, they're all just going to slide to the bottom. And then, go to the next page. You're going to spin this thing called earth? You'll sling everybody off of it. And then God would say, well, I've got this thing called gravity. It's like a magnet, and it'll hold them there. Okay, so you're going to make all these men out of metal so this magnet will attract them. No, no, it's gravity. It, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't have to be metal. It does it to everything. Well, I don't understand that. I think you should go back and make it flat. You know. So would we, I know I speak as a fool, but us with our earthly wisdom... Flat makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and spin, make it round and spinning it? So that's kind of an example. If I went back in eternity past and reviewed God's blueprints, me as a grasshopper of my wisdom would say, make it flat. This won't work. This spinning, this round thing, it won't work. Uh... And God, I see here in this Garden of Eden, you've got this tree, knowledge of good and evil, and you're going to tell Adam and Eve not to partake of it. Yet you're putting it here in the midst of the garden. God, I, on, on this page here, I think what I would do, I would take this, and you've got this beautiful garden and everything, and Adam and Eve, you're going to put them in. So if you're going to take this tree and you don't want to partake of it, put them up on this, put it on this mountaintop, maybe... 20,000 feet to where, the, you know, they can't hardly get up there. God, that's what I would counsel you to do. 
So I would, if I was God's counselor, I would do things a lot different. Because I don't have his understanding. All I've got is the grasshopper knowledge or point of view. I'll, uh, didn't mean this to be two parts either, but this is going to be two parts as well. Uh, well, Lord willing, we'll look at this again this evening. But at least keep that in your mind. Uh, he declared the end from the beginning, from ancient time, things that had not yet come to pass, and he will do all his counsel. He's not going to go back, if I could travel in time, and say, well, that's a pretty good idea. I think I'll make the earth flat. He's not going to go back and change it because he's right. He's correct. He has all wisdom, knowledge, understanding. He's not getting any smarter because he already knows it all. Now, as teenagers, we knew it all, right? <laughs> but, but God actually knows it all. Uh, so when we look at things that happen, and, and we may talk about a, a little about tonight other things, just things that happen in your life. Things that happen in friends and loved ones' lives. Well, if I could go back with God in eternity past, and I'd see that page there. I'll say, oh, oh Lord, don't let, let's change that. Let's, let's, don't do, let's don't do that. Let, let's change that. That's a, that's a terrible thing. Me as a grasshopper would say that, not understanding how it works together for good. Again, let me close with this example again. I use it so many times. Myself as a nine or ten-year-old playing checkers with my grandma. And I thought, this is grandma, but I'm, you know, I'm smart playing checkers, you know. And, I, and again, I've used it before, but I, I just love the example. And again, you, when you play checkers, you, you move your checker. As long as you've got your finger on it, you can pull it back, you know. And grandma would do that. She'd pull it out here and she'd be thinking, it'd be right in front of one of my men that I could jump her with. And I'd say, doesn't does she see that? And I'll say, oh boy, I get a jumper. And again, I've shared this story with you before. I know that. But here's this nine-year-old, my grandmother. I'm not sure how old she was at that time. And uh, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's going to be a that's going to be a bad move. If she makes her fing takes her fingers off that, she's making a bad move. I, as a nine-year-old with all this wisdom, she's making a bad move. She takes her finger off, and I'm thrilled, and I jump her man. And I take it, and I put it over here, probably the first one I got. Maybe I got a stack of one or two. And what does she do with her wisdom? then she may, that puts me in this position, she may jump about three of my men. I had the wisdom of a nine-year-old grasshopper, <laughs> and she has this wisdom. So when we look at our, our lives and things that happens in this world, say, well, I, I don't understand. Doesn't mean that it's not so. Doesn't mean it's not working together for good. It means we don't understand it at that time. A lot of times we understand it later. Some things we may not understand until he takes us home. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.